and this is my podcast, Intonation, Musicians in Tune. Today I interviewed one of Orlando's finest, Theo Moon, a professional musician who actually gets money for playing music. We talk about how he got into the job, what his history is, what it's like actually doing the job, what he's charging people. Actually, we don't talk about the money part. We just talk about the job itself, how he keeps it. Listen, it's a very important podcast. You should listen to it. And while you're here, don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, all that stuff to make sure you're up to date on upcoming podcasts. I hope you enjoy episode five. Ladies and gentlemen, Theo Moon. I got some things to say. Get too far. Perception's not the same. Seen just where we are. Cause I've been here before. It's things you can't ignore. Makes me, makes me feel that I want something real. Yeah, I want something real. I want something real I want something real I want something real Lying if I said I don't have no doubts No wrong in me Even when I shout Cause I've been here before the Things you can't ignore Makes you, makes you feel I want something real 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 I've been here before Things you can't ignore Makes you, makes you feel I want something real I want something real I want something real Oh I want something real I want something real Man, <laughs> nicely done, bro. Thank you, thank you. Uh, what inspired that song? That song is inspired by a, a past relationship that um, it, it, I felt like she idolized me way too much, 
and like like mm. this is like way too much we're like like nothing i did was wrong the whole dynamic is completely off um so yeah so the whole point of the song is like i know i have flaws like so how come you don't see flaws of me you know <laughs> so wow that's cool man um well thanks for joining me on the podcast thank you uh it finally has an official name <laughs> intonation yeah musicians in tune and thank you for joining me anyone who's watching uh and this is theo theo i met you on the music scene yep um met at a thing called gigs, gigs for grabs right yeah that's where we met gigs for grabs was the place we met and that was a musicians gathering where people who are gigging musicians who are getting paid got to come hang out together and just network and show show their music to each other like a professional open mic and uh just wanted to talk to a bunch of people and he's one of the people i met and uh you were really nice <laughs> You still seem that way. I think you're still nice. For the most part. For the most part. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, you're a gigging musician. And uh, can you give us a little bit of your history musically, how you started, how you got into music, um, all your instruments? Like, like you know. my whole life? or like Yeah, I, I think it would be cool to find <laughs> out. Like, I think they want to know what, like the beginning, how did you actually get started playing music? I kind of want to get an overall okay. arc of what you... So I've always... So I had an uncle who was like a self-taught musician he played like piano accordion like all these random instruments um and he taught me my first song on the keyboard and from then i always like tinkered with the piano and then i took trumpet in middle school and that kind of gave me like a little bit basis of like music knowledge and theory like basic music theory Mm -hmm. and then um so pretty much my whole life, I've always like tinkered with something, um, like whether it's the trumpet or the drums or the keyboard, but I never really took it seriously. But it's just like something that was just always there. In college, I joined a church, and um, the worship leader, her mom, just passed away, and she played the piano for the church. Mm. So I ended up filling that position, and I did that for eight, like eight, almost nine years. And that's where I really got better at like understanding music and and just becoming a better like musician overall. Mm. Um, I went back to Orlando and I started um, falling more in love with the guitar. And um, I went to this 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 is how I got started like gigging. I went to this restaurant. Oh, it was this bar. It's called the Broken Cauldron. It used to be downtown. Mm, okay and it happened to be open mic that night and the person who was hosting the open mic that night happened to be anthony which is a mutual friend and he kept bugging me the whole time to like go up and do a song and i knew one song on the guitar so i went up and i did it and i kind of liked it and then i kind of got like the open mic bug so i started going to all the open mics uh, oh yeah all of them in Orlando, Sanford. Did you get a bunch of applause? Tampa. You were like, good job. And you are like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it started, it started trending that way where, like, I would do open mic and, like, people would, like, leave me tips, like, after, like, after my three-song set and stuff like that. Whoa. And, and then, like, that's kind of, like, what, like, built my confidence. I was like, maybe I have, um, like, something. I'm going to the wrong open mics, <laughs> man. <laughs> something that's worthwhile. And then from there, it was a... 
I, I say it was a pretty easy transition into being a gigging musician because I went to so many open mics that I kind of like knew everyone in the music scene by the time I was ready to start. Right. You know? Very cool. So it was a mostly smooth transition yeah. from that, but you just kept working up your skills. And so what, what actually drew you to the guitar in the beginning? Who was like the, what, what made you be like, Oh, I should try this out. Um, I think I started liking guitar in college. I actually bought a guitar in college and I would noodle around with it. But when I got to college, like my taste in music kind of like shifted a little bit to more like, like a Southern rock and, like my favorite band became like Need to Breathe. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I like, started like to fall in love with guitar. Where like before that, I was more into like R and B and hip hop and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. isn't really like a like a guitar genre. Yeah. Um. So that's that's kind of what happened. Okay. Now I've never seen you actually play piano before. How good are you on that? <laughs> I'm better on the piano than I am on the guitar. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've got what kind of stuff do you like to play on the piano? R and B stuff. Well, everything I know on the piano is like worship music. Okay. <laughs> but I play by ear also, so I, I could do mostly anything on okay. the piano. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was good original stuff. Uh, how much? How many original songs do you have? Maybe like 12, I think. I'm not sure. I don't really count it. Yeah. Okay. Maybe like four or five of them, I think, are like solid. Okay. You got any of them online? No. Not yet? No, no. <laughs> Soon, though, I hope. Yeah, I was planning this year to release something, but... COVID. Everyone was planning something so. this year. What's your uh, What's your favorite place to uh, uh, play at? What venues do you prefer? I mean, uh, just also before COVID too. What was your yeah. favorite place? To so play? my favorite. So there's two. There's two categories. I'll put it in. One is like places where I could be loud because a lot of the venues you play, they like you to just be like background music and not like too overpowering because people are eating and talking. So the places that let me be loud, I love those. Um, like Tin Roof. That's a good one. Um, I really like the public house. It's like a bar by UCF. Yep. And they let me be as loud as I want. <laughs> um, I played there. Um, where else? So pretty much any places like that where um, I could be loud. I really like playing it. And then the other categories like places where it's just like a really good atmosphere and like the people are really into the music. Um, so I, I really like playing at a place called 1845 Tap House. That's in Davenport. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, the people are there is always a good time. And you you know the difference. Like, you play somewhere and, like, no one even, like, knows you're there. And, like, other places you play, like, people are really engaged. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that's one of the places. And then... I've played at 1845, yeah. Okay. I also played... I also like Hurricane Gorilla Wings. Um, that's a pretty fun one. Um, and then I like doing weddings. Those are fun. And, like, other private shows like that. What do you have to be careful about when you're playing at weddings? What do you have to be careful about? I mean, it's got to um, be tough. There's got to be a lot of different uh, atmosphere requests and stuff like that. Yeah, what is actually like some of the easiest gigs I play just oh, because okay. like there's a lot of like from what I've from what I've learned is like there's a lot of pressure leading up into it where like they have all these requests. We want this song. This is like the timeline. And then usually on the day of the wedding, it's like the opposite where it's just like free flowing Mm-hmm. And they're just happy to be married, you know. So, my first couple of weddings, maybe my five or six, I was like super nervous going into it. I was like, I have to learn all these songs and make sure everything is good and stuff like that. And then, 
when I got to the wedding, I realized like a lot of times they, they didn't even request the songs that they sent me to learn. Yeah. <laughs> and I spent all this time learning these songs and like, and so now I just like love playing weddings because it's just like a fun atmosphere. People are, you know, just happy to be there. Yeah. I usually charge them for song learning. I do too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I throw in like one or two and then like if they want more, then. Yeah. 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 I'll learn one song for you, you know, that because, you know, I want the gig. But yeah. if you want a lot of songs, I mean, I think it's reasonable to whatever charge. Yeah, my first wedding I did, um, this was before I knew any of this. I was like, yeah, just send me a playlist and I learned it. And they sent me like 15 songs. And I was like, <laughs> killing myself to learn all those songs. I was like, never again will I do that. <laughs> when you, Yeah, well, when you're first starting off doing all these gigs, you really want to play them. Yeah. And you really want to like satisfy the customer. And if you've got nothing to do, and you've got mm-hmm. no gigs lined up and you're not no one's begging for you to play for them or anything it's like you know what else are you going to do you don't want to like push them away by charging them yeah so it's that weird balance yeah i mean when i i mean when i first started my repertoire i literally had like 50 songs which was like just enough for three hours that's what i did i think i had um, i had learned like 40 i think yeah <laughs> and like that i remember the night before my first gig i was like up all night trying to learn songs just to get it to the three hour mark and by yeah. the time i got to my gig like my voice was shot <laughs> so my, yeah. my my now i'm pushing like towards like almost 300 songs so i don't have to learn as much for weddings because like a lot of times i'm like i already have it on my list so that's the benefits of experience for sure yeah. one of the big benefits is you already you already know all that stuff yeah uh my first gig um i played at What's the name of the place? <laughs> it was the Black Hammock. Um, have you ever heard of it? It's a place they have a. It's like a gator, a small gator park too, and they have uh, the boat. Oh yes, I've boat rides. It. It's in Oviedo. Okay, yeah. Um, if y'all hearing that, those are dogs. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was my first gig, and someone, someone was like actually booking me, trying to get me gigs and stuff. Uh, so that was how I got. That's how I got that one, but. I played that one and I just, you know, I got 40 songs together and I was using my looping pedal too. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of solo stuff I could do. And, um, but yeah, I totally, that was my first time actually singing out and I sang for three hours and I just like totally shot my voice. Yeah. Um, cause I had no idea how to actually control it Mm -hmm. and actually not hurt myself. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, it was like tragic. And you, you worry about that a lot too. You try to yeah, make sure. I mean, I've come a long way. You, you kind of learn that as for me, you like innately, I want to give my best, um, like a hundred percent, but during a three hour gig, that's just not possible. Like you have to pick your spots where like you want to stay around like that 90, you know, 90% spot. Yeah. And then every couple of songs you could bump it up, um, you know, like 95, hundred, but if you're going all out for three hours, like you won't, especially like the amount of gigs we were doing, mm. it's unsustainable. Um, so yeah, I just had to come around to that um, self-preservation yeah. um, kind of mindset. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've hurt myself plenty of times doing that. And you can catch yourself doing it too. Like in the beginning of a gig, I catch myself often just not thinking about it enough mm-hmm. and pushing too hard and I have to rein myself back in. Yeah, and the hardest for me is when it's like a really fun crowd because mm. it just ants me up and and, yeah. and I just just go way too hard. <laughs> yeah, me too. And well, the, the big thing for me is making sure I have a good monitor. Mm-hmm. If I don't have a monitor, I can't hear how loud I'm being. And so I feel like I have to be louder. Mm-hmm. And 
I will sing louder because I can't hear myself. And so I feel like I need to sing louder to hear myself. It's just like psychological. Yeah. As soon as I have a monitor or if I have like the main speaker also pointing towards me, mm-hmm. it's usually have a, how I have it set up. My main speaker is like behind me and it's like angled a little bit towards me as well. So I get the mains as well. And that's kind of, I think that's kind of like ideal for also making sure the mix is good too. Yeah. But man, if, if that thing is, you know, pointing right at me and it's loud enough for me, I mean, I'll definitely sing at a lot more reasonable level Yeah, to where everyone can still actually hear me and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I don't know. Maybe I'll get back into gigs again. I haven't, I haven't done it. Yeah. I'm at, but. I'm probably like 50% of what I was doing before, which is fine. Um, I mean, I think like you, um, at some point want to transition out of it. Yep. It's definitely not like a long term sustainable thing i don't think and i've just seen so many musicians burn out mm-hmm. who's done it for years and years and years so yeah i think so man uh yeah if you're just like doing all the time you know if you're an original musician who goes out and professionally does it like if you're thinking of ed sheeran and adele or whatever um when they first started off they were probably gigging all the time but mm-hmm. eventually they started like you know gigging once or twice a weekend or maybe three times a week on the most. And then that, then that would only be maybe three months out of the year or maybe six months out of the year. And they would take breaks for the rest of the year, you know? Yeah. So that sounds a lot more reasonable. And even then Adele still had issues, you know, with her voice oh, yeah. at one point she lost it. Um, I heard uh, that that happens sometimes. I heard um, that she actually, uh, she wasn't actually singing bad. She probably wasn't singing bad is what I heard is that she was just, you know, stressed. There's a lot of different things that can make your voice go out, you know, just being working too much, being stressed too much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can transition to that soon. (laughs) Well, I'm not even gigging anymore, so I'm already transitioned out. But, uh, yeah, you want to do another song? Yeah, what song should I do? This is a reimagination of a song, a rejigging of a song. So I'm gonna see if you could figure out what song it is. I don't know. I don't think it's a super popular song, but you might know it. Okay.
Like the open seas and shores Where by the planet's voice We've all been spoken for All these indecisions All these independent strengths Still we got our hearts on Got us on stage. Someday we're lonely. Sometime after all of this plan, some loss and emptiness. That is. <laughs> well, I think it's super popular. It's um, let me guess. By... Need to breathe? Nope. Okay. Not need to breathe. Gavin DeGraw. Oh, okay. Um, I forgot the name of the song. We belong together. We belong together. It's okay. more of a. I think it's more of a like a wedding song. But... So you reimagined that for a wedding, or did you do that just? For no, yourself? that was like. I just I don't know. I just picked up like one line of that song that I really liked. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. I liked it. Thank you. That's good. You can put that out. <laughs> At the well, it's going to be out. I mean, it's out now. I mean, it is out. It's I in mean, the ether. Well, technically, it's not. But if you're watching this, it's it's out now because it's on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone could probably screen record that and just save it if they wanted to. Don't do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> the uh, I was oh yeah I was going to ask you uh, what. What is your, like, big musical goal? What's your, like, oh, end-all, be-all? What do you really want? You want to play at Madison Square Garden? You want to play for the president? No. I want to, I, I think, I think my goal is, like, do you know who Bon Iver is? Yeah. Like, that band? Justin Vernon. So, he's, like, a, a, a Grammy-winning artist, but... I would say he's not like, like mainstream America doesn't really know him. So like, I feel like he could still walk into like a Target, and you know maybe a couple people recognize him, but it won't be like, you know, pandemonium. I think that's like the level of success. Like, I don't think I want to go anything past that. Mm -hmm. I want to still be able to like, be somewhat like, normal. Yeah. While still putting out like good good music. And, um, yeah. you know, just be able to support myself on original music and, like, you know, open the opportunity to travel. That's really my biggest, like, love is, like, travel and music mm. and being able to, like, put those two together. Yeah. Be my, my dream. Yeah. So. so, so your goal musically, do you, do you not, you don't necessarily want to sound like Bon Iver, I guess, though? No, you? not really. Okay. I do like their music, but I feel like that's a good level of, like, so like, I saw, I went to see him in a, in a concert, um, 
two years ago oh, we in cat Ridge, we went and it was like a lock-in experience where like we stayed at this hotel and he and for both nights he did like this intimate show like 30 40 people in there and two we, years ago yeah i think it was he two was, years ago he was pretty big two years yeah ago he's still. yeah he is big so wait you got a special lock-in experience with justin vernon yeah so how'd you get that it's he it's like um it was something he did like i think every year and you just have to he releases the tickets at like midnight a certain day you just had to be first to get it oh wow cat ridge was like on her computer like refreshed 100 times you oh know? you did you went with cat yeah so oh, we wow. got so we got um so yeah so we were able to get two tickets and i mean literally there's only like 30 tickets so it's like this super small intimate thing but i say that like a couple of times like we were able to like walk past him and stuff like that you know like and he has a tesla so it's not like he's like not successful of course but he just seemed like a normal guy and like i mean everyone knew him in that city but there's a lot of places like a lot of my friends have no idea who he is you know which is cool i mean this is like a grant multi-grammy winning artist so not that i needed to win grammys right but it would be cool to have like a level of success and still like i i don't really i don't really want fame like that nothing about fame seems like desirable to me mm. but you kind of need some of it to to support yourself you need some recognition right you know to to support yourself as original artist yeah so i think that's very doable especially these days man yeah because there's everyone's there's flooded with with things taking people time music you know netflix like there's so much stuff taking people's time so if i could just have you know like a couple minutes every day of your time listen yeah. to my music <laughs> well i mean just the idea of, like you have like indie artists have have it easier now than they've ever had it before yeah like, like you you can get by with a thousand or ten thousand fans mm-hmm. like if they're following you i mean out of ten if you have ten thousand regular fans they you've probably got like a thousand super fans in that mix who are like want to buy all your stuff yeah at least so you can definitely survive and have a normal life you know just have a house and kids and um and just support yourself off of maybe a hundred grand a year or something yeah i would say the same thing about need to breathe too like where i mean i would say most people have no idea who they are but they're mm. like they're a really successful band so like that's the kind of territory i want to be they've in. got a lot of fans yeah, yeah. They, they do have a lot of fans but yeah. they're they're not like mainstream like no like a, yeah I mean, I've heard their songs on the radio recently, but they're uh, yeah, they're definitely making, they're doing just fine. I don't think they they're looking to try and get more money or anything. They're yeah, just, they're doing fine. When you look back on your whole musical experience, what was the what was one of the coolest things that you experienced playing for people or learning um, something? Okay, so I did open mics for about a year. Um, and during that time, Anthony was like coaching me up and like put, leaning me towards the direction of like being a professional musician. Mm. Um, so when I decided to do it, um, I decided I was gonna, I tried it out for a couple months. I did it from like January to May to see like if it would be a viable source of income. And then like when I saw, okay, this is doable, then um, I went to Europe from like, the end of april may june and beginning of july so it was almost like four months and 
I booked a lot of shows um, there. A lot of it was like through So Far Sounds. I don't know if you heard of them. Oh yeah, So Far Sounds. So Far Sounds. A lot of it was just like reaching out to like random open mics. Um, a lot of the open mics there, they they would do like they would start with like a featured artist and give you like a forty five minute set. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think overall that whole experience of just like I went to like 10, 10 11 different countries, and so I just played music like all over the place. I had this my little like mini Taylor. And that was probably like the most crazy experience like I've ever done, especially like with so far sounds, because a lot of it's like you have a, a built in audience, like people are going to be there. Um, you don't really have to promote, but there's going to be people there. And it's so cool, like doing shows in Italy and then Germany and like just like all these different places and and being able to connect to people like some places, like very few people spoke English. You know, <laughs> um, mm. I went to some one bar in Rome and it was like no one spoke English, but you could still connect because like, you know, music is a universal thing. Yeah. So that was probably like the most incredible experience I've had with wow. music. Where were you staying so, at hostels? Uh, a mix of hostels and hotels. Um, I get some like hotels dis- discounts because my dad works at Marriott's. Okay. So I want to say about 70% of the time was hostels. No, about 50% of the time was hostels and then 25% was hotels. And then also did couch surfing. Um, I don't know if you heard of that, but it's oh like, yeah, sleeping yeah. on people's couches, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but it's like this whole like app network. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So we that was cool because that gives you like a more intimate experience with the city because a lot of the hosts like they enjoy like you know taking you around the city and like showing you the real side of the city, not just like the tourist traps. Yeah. So yeah, it's a cool experience. I I highly recommend it to anyone who's traveling to to, to couch surfing. Do they um, charge for couch couch surfing? Usually? It was free. I think next year they're gonna start. I think it's gonna be like five dollars a year, something like that, just because they got hit so hard by COVID. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's like a karma thing. It's pretty much like you know, like it's expected. Like if someone lets you stay on their couch, maybe sometime in the future you let a traveler stay on your couch. Yeah, it's kind of the principle. Okay, so it's very it's very free. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, if you've got a free open couch and you want to help someone out. Yeah, so I just told people, hey, I'm a musician. You know, I'll, I'll put a do a show for you. So a lot of the nights, I I ended up just like playing for people. Yeah. Just their, you know, just their little groups and their family, and that's always fun. That's good payment for a lot of people. They're like, oh, we get a free show. Yeah. Some people, <laughs> some people just absolutely love live music, no matter like. You could be you could be like a like a terrible musician, and they'll be like, "Dude, you played music for us. You're awesome." Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's like it doesn't matter. It's um, but obviously you are good. But the um, I was just thinking like, they don't how when you're doing the couch surfing, do they did they always just was it always just only couches, or did they often sometimes have a bed for you? No, but a lot of times it was actually actual beds. It just depends. Like some places, it was like like this like a small like one bedroom apartment and all they had is literally like a couch for you to lay on some mm-hmm. like they had pretty much like just gave you their house and they're like hey just lock up when you leave you know so it just depends um it's just a lot of it's just people who love like seeing other cultures and and meeting other people and want the opportunity when they travel to you know stay with people versus like staying in a hotel or a hostel because it, it's just a more intimate experience of like a new place i feel like yeah that sounds exciting man um 
did you get you didn't really get paid to do those open mics either did you no no those were technically i wasn't allowed to get paid yeah in europe right they, they kept yelling at me at the airport you're not allowed to get paid <laughs> you technically so, you would have to get a work visa I guess. yeah but so far sounds typically they will pay you um or at least give you like a really nice like per, like video of your performance mm-hmm. um but a lot of them do pay you okay so when are we? Uh, when do you think we would one day get a recording of you playing, man? So we can buy your album or something. Um, maybe next year. We'll see. I, I was, I was on track this year to to record now. Mm. Um, but I don't know. Maybe next year. I I've like, I fell off like my routine. You know, like music practice and like vocal practice and stuff like that since COVID. And it was nice. It was like it was like a little break, and now I'm finally like starting to ramp back into it and get back to like where I feel I need to be mm-hmm. vocally to where I'd want to release music. Well, I think we want to hear you, man. We want <laughs> we want to take your stuff and put it in the uh, put it in the car and jam out to it. I think so. Uh, I think they like. I think they're gonna like what they hear. So, um, speaking of which, uh, can you play one more song? Yeah. my heart on the way got so heavy there are no more words to say <clears throat> but I'll tell you cut those times still be sorrow in your eyes
right. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. That was I'm Coming Home? Yep. Very good. It's probably going to be my first original. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks again for this old podcast, man, and thanks, everyone, for joining. This was Theo Moon. Where can we follow you? Um, Instagram, Facebook, um, Theo Moon Live. Theo Moon Live is yeah. the username? And YouTube, yeah. I think everything is Theo Moon Theo Live. Theo Moon Live. Is mm-hmm. it like no spaces kind no of No spaces, thing? Yeah. Okay, Theo Moon Live. Uh, not really a website, I guess? No, no. Okay, yet. cool. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You don't need that anymore. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Yeah.